Play it, play it, play it, play it. We are gay like a fruit. We are looking like a snack. You are listening to Fruit Snacks. You know what? Right before we recorded just now, this idea kind of dawned on me. Okay, tell me how you feel about this. But I kind of want to have everyone sit in silence for one minute. Okay. Because I feel like there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of um, noise going on, whether that's like in the media or like in our personal lives. And I feel like reflection is always a really big tool in my life to help me kind of go forward with the day. So I feel like if you're listening to this, this might be a good exercise. What we're going to do is sit in silence for one minute. A minute sounds fine, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to sit in silence for one minute. And I know that might be frustrating because I feel like you're like, oh, just one minute. But then when you actually really see what a minute feels like, it's kind of a long time to be sitting in silence. But we're going to sit in silence for one minute. And all I want us to do is sit there and think about what's going on in our head. Whether that's like the to-do list that goes in our head or how irritating it is to sit here for a minute or there's something that comes up that is frustrating us or we're getting anxiety about. I want us to just sit and examine that. It's not a part of who we are. It's not a part of our identity. It's just like, okay, I feel anxious. Why? Or I need to get these things done. What What is my day going to be like? And I just want us to observe what's going on in our bodies and our minds because mm-hmm. I think it's always good to reconnect with ourselves. Okay? Right. So we're going to start in three, two, one. Okay, so how was that minute? It was so great. <laughs> Shane, you're like not even second. into it. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Brian. I'm not the meditator. <laughs> and you're listening to Fruit Snacks. Roll it up now. Except for this roll up, what we got this week? Um, well. Actually, what I forgot to tell you before we recorded was I had something written down for the roll-up last week that I never went through, Uh Um, but I've been going back to the gym, as I talked about a couple episodes ago, and I've been going in Huntington Beach, which for those unfamiliar is sort of like Trump country here in California. It's just like the whitest of rednecks and country bumpkins all piled into the beach area (laughs) but our gyms in long beach aren't open so i've been like making the extra drive out just to like get in my workout but in going back to the gym i knew i needed to be cautious and the lack of cautiousness on everybody else's part is just astounding but not given everything that we've seen in the past Mm -hmm. like five days but there were just a few key points that like really irked me that i just like wanted to walk through and if you guys are all experiencing this i hope you feel the same way i do If you're the one doing this, I hope you understand the frustration of others around you. The first is masks. I don't, I don't care if like 
because on the cardio equipment, mm-hmm. they've already spaced people out enough to where if you pull your nose out or whatever, do your run, finish it, pull your mask back up, we're good. But the people walking around the gym just like with their mask dangling on one ear or like not at all covering their face or have completely taken their masks mm-hmm. off. I'm like, you're literally on your phone for three minutes between each set. So I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And I, they've started enforcing it now. I was just going to say, I've heard a lot of gyms getting kind of under fire for that. Like people who are checking up on that. Yeah. As far as like the city. Well, because at first I was confused. Like when Long Beach gyms opened for those couple of weeks and I was going, they had somebody circulating the gym nonstop. Yeah. To like enforce that rule. And at Huntington, it was just like, they're not doing temperature checks. Nobody was regulating the mask thing. There was a a limit to occupancy, but like it was not seemingly so. It was just sort of like letting everybody in. Anyways, the next is sanitizing the equipment. The lack of people cleaning their equipment when they're done astounds me because I'm I'm there cleaning it before and after I use it. Well, that's the thing I was going to say. That's even before Corona because I feel like when I went to yeah. LA Fitness or even 24 Hour, it's not an LA Fitness thing, but 24 Hour, any gym, mm-hmm. even when we were in college going to the rec center, people are like sweating and laying down doing like bench mm-hmm. press and they get up and leave. And yeah. every time I'm on, a, on, a, on a, an equipment, I'm like, okay – I would want to show up to that equipment the way I would want Mm -hmm. someone else to leave it. So I'm like, okay, let me wipe it down. I wipe down everything before and after. And the thing about this one, one gym in particular is there are so many sanitation bottles. There's no excuse as to why people are not sanitizing. Um, to take it one step further, the amount of fully grown men who I've seen leave the bathroom without washing their hands, especially during this time, which was like one of the first recommendations that we got during Corona was like, make sure you're diligently washing your hands after you go to the bathroom. It like infuriates me that I'm seeing these like men not only not wash their hands after going to the bathroom, but then walking back into a gym where they're sharing like weights and equipment and this and that. And then finally, just because it's Huntington Beach, the thing that kills me the most is this display of masculinity with this like no homo intention, but like all of them are so homoerotic with each other. And it's funny coming from Trump country where like, I just expect this. I do expect the display of like masculinity, but so many of them look so gay. And I I feel like the no homo thing is just like uh, an excuse to touch one another or to like be more flamboyant. But I'm like, no, you are that. (laughs) Which is funny because like, what is presenting gay one you know Mm -hmm. there's those stereotypical things but like that whole argument aside majority of the people who are going to the gym and this is very general generalization Mm -hmm. right i'm not saying women don't go but i feel like in my experience when i go to the gym a lot of people who go to the gym especially with in the free weight room are men Mm -hmm. and i feel like women don't go because you know they feel uncomfortable and stuff which i completely understand because i would too if i was trying to work out and men kept trying to hit on me yeah But regardless, the men who are doing this pomp and circumstance show of how masculine and strong they are, they're doing it for other men. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, why do you even care that another man thinks you're strong? You a faggot. (laughs) Literally. And the other thing that's been killing me is I found out because of this gym that the age to get into a gym as long as your parents have signed for you is 13. 13? Yeah. So like... Wait, they they don't need to be there with them? No. Are you sure? When I tell you... The first full week that I was at that gym, during the week, it wasn't wasn't even a weekend, but during the week, there were groups of like anywhere between 10 to 30 groups of kids 
coming in. And at first I was like, is there a chaperone here? Like maybe it's like a school out. I don't know. Like how it's their new, their new PE class. Yeah, literally. <laughs> They're just going from class to class. Um, like I work out, but here's the thing. When we say that is so gay, we're not using it as a derogatory term No, because it sounds like we're like, you fucking gay faggot. <laughs> Clearly we're gay. So we're like, hell yes. But I think what we're saying is how annoying archetypes like that would say, Oh no homo. This exactly. is gay. And exactly. then act gay as hell towards each other. When it's like, who gives a shit? Just, mm-hmm. just, be empathetic and like show compassion towards your friends the way you want to show them that you love them as friends. And if it comes off a little gay, who cares? Suck a dick. Yeah, exactly. I mean, not the kids because that's called pedophilia, but you know, grown ass man. <laughs> yeah, we're not Jerry. Let's get into what we talked about <laughs> yeah. last week real quick just to cover. I know we said a little blurb in between because when we recorded the episode and then after we got done in post-production, things changed quickly. But as you guys know, Donald Trump, Melania Trump, and a whole bunch of other bitches in his little posse have gotten positive test for coronavirus and i just wanted to kind of comment on that because i feel like we're getting a lot of misinformation and back and forth with his actual health check as well as how good he he likes to boast that he's doing when really i feel like he's kind of struggling but here nor there with that yeah the after effect and i'm not surprised by his response to corona but it was just kind of like we got it. No big deal. This was easy. Now that I know what Corona is like, I know. But it's like, you don't need to get a disease to Mm -hmm. know what it's like. You can have empathy for someone who's going through something. It's it's not like you're taking breast cancer or cancer in general, not serious until you get cancer. And you're like, oh, I didn't know it was like that. That's like American Mm -hmm. culture as is. Like It doesn't bother me until it affects me. Totally. And I'm like, okay, you're the exemplification of that. So you're trash. But regardless... What are your thoughts on that? Because that, like, it just pisses me off. Yeah, I mean, I hate that we have gotten to a point that everyone's like, does it surprise you? And it's like, well, it doesn't surprise me, but it also shouldn't be okay that he's Mm -hmm. just, like, out here boasting about how well he's doing after having COVID. Mind Um, you, he had the best doctors. Or still has it. We're only five days in, and they say it takes up to two weeks to fully, like, kind of move through all the symptoms. So we have a chance still, guys, to put an end to this horror film of 2020. (laughs) Yeah, well, and that was the other thing was the polarization that this caused online between people where everybody was like, unfriend me if you're like wishing illness or death upon even the president, you know. Um, You said click, click, click. click." Literally, I was like, okay, well, bye. Like, here's the thing. I almost said I'm not over here wishing that he were to like experience the severe symptoms of it well i'm putting on record i don't want anything bad to happen to donald trump whether i like him or not i don't but i still don't wish poorly on this man but i understand the testament like you who might feel differently i completely get that you know (laughs) what i'm not the one that's like you're wrong it's less of wishing it for him or on him and more of not caring if it happens sure because you're like you reap the y- yeah, oats you sow you get, what is- you get- <laughs> cheater cheater pumpkin pumpkin what did you say what was it pumpkin pumpkin cheater oh yeah <laughs> you know me and words they just hard um, but you guys get what I'm saying yeah but like I, I find that there's such a lack of empathy in my body for all of these people who are who are testing positive even after he went back to the White House, he had this display of like taking off his mask and walking through the White House. And like, there are so many people who work there that are serving him mm-hmm. around the clock. And there's like, there's no empathy for them or their families or what they could experience if they were to get COVID. You know, they're not going to get the same treatment. Mm-hmm. And so, no, I don't empathize with him. And I have no like 
civility in that sense of of being like oh my gosh i hope he's okay i hope he recovers i know that like politically speaking joe biden kamala like they've all had to come out with statements and be like we wish the president a speedy recovery and i get it for formalities but like you don't get to act a fool and then be like help me yeah like no sorry you're good you have everything that you need i hope that works and if not sorry I just want to say this because I feel like this kind of puts it into reality as far as how other Americans see it. Like I was saying earlier before we moved on, he has all the medical supplies that he needs, all the best doctors, all the care that he needs. That's why he gets to say he had a speedy recovery, whether he's actually healthy now or not. It doesn't matter because realistically, he has all the coverage he needs. But a lot of Americans, like if you get sick, NyQuil is your remedy Mm -hmm. (laughs) like going to cvs is your doctor yeah and i've been in that position before where i was like i don't know where to go for healthcare. da 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 yeah and yeah it's not a easy position to be in so i get why people are so up in arms about that i think god have insurance now yeah but if without it it isn't so easy to recover because you're kind of on your own and left out but i wanted to say just so that it makes it a little bit more real but this is from buzzfeed this girl named um amanda klutz was married to a broadway Broadway actor actor. nick cordero but i'm just going to read this real quick because it really does put it in perspective One of those 210,000 people was Broadway actor Nick Cordero, who spent 95 days in the hospital fighting for his life after contracting COVID-19 in March. He went into a coma, suffered major lung damage, was put on a ventilator, and had a blood clot in his leg that required amputation. He died on July 5th, 2020, leaving behind his wife, Amanda Klutz, and their one-year-old son, Elvis. This man was only 41 years old. His wife went on social media after seeing president trump's response Mm -hmm. about how easy it is and just get over it kind of thing not get over it but we can get through it and it's it's not as scary as it is so she writes that how unrealistic that i that notion is because she said to all the over two hundred eighty thousand americans who have lost loved ones to this virus i stand by you with you holding your hand unfortunately it did dominate our lives didn't it it dominated nick's family's lives and my family's lives i guess we let it she says in quotes as if it's no big deal and as if it was a choice. Unfortunately, not everyone is lucky enough to spend two days in the hospital. I cried next to my husband for 95 days watching what COVID did to the person I love. It is something to be afraid of. After you see the person you love the most die from this disease, you would never say what this tweet says in reference to Donald Trump's tweet. There is no empathy to all the lives lost. He is bragging instead. It is sad. It is hurtful. It is disgraceful. My family and I saw what this disease can do. So guess what? We are afraid. We are. And I still am. I think if I got it and I was the one who was sick rather than Nick, little Elvis, which is their son, wouldn't have a mom anymore. So I'm afraid to act like this disease is nothing and you got right over it. I'm so happy that you did. Thank God you did. But guess what? There are a lot of people who didn't. And now instead of bragging about how wonderful you did, why don't you say, wow, now that I've had this disease, I now can understand a little bit better how it could have affected our country and these people. And what can we do about it? What can we do now? Now that I have this knowledge, but in essence, he didn't do any of that. And he kind of was like acting like it's not a big deal. And he's downplaying it completely when I feel like that's a very real story for her. And she is yeah. now living 2020 has affected her life where mm-hmm. she lost the person she loved her husband. And then now she's a single mother, a widow yeah, with their son. Who's only one who will never know his father growing up. Yeah. That was a really long process 
uh, of like watching that play out in the public Mm -hmm. through her social media and whatnot like just the ups and the downs of like okay today he's waking up but he's gonna have to have an amputation and now he's in a coma again and uh, like to deal with that already is so hard but to do that publicly people cared about her husband and Mm -hmm. they wanted to know like how he was doing in terms of like fans Uh, i want to quote one of trump's tweets he said this was on sunday or or monday i believe after he was hospitalized he said i will be leaving the great walter reed medical center today at 6 30 p.m feeling really good don't be afraid afraid of covid don't let it dominate your life we have developed under the trump administration some really great drugs and knowledge i feel better than i did 20 years ago always a trump like <sighs> always public. Uh, an endorsement for himself exactly what i will say is he was on three medications at the at least three medications this is like other resources aside the first one was an experimental antibody therapy from regenerin however it has not received emergency use authorization from the fda the only reason he got it was because his team of doctors submitted a compassionate use request essentially if you or i went into the hospital our doctors could also put in that request but for normal people it is like such a long drawn out process the odds of us ever seeing that before it was approved are like so little the other two medications that he was on were remdesivir and dexamethasone i think i know them i went to high school with them mm-hmm. <laughs> um, De- dexamethasone was on the track team <laughs> love her he was fast oh, he, oh uh, love she him. was fast Re- okay go uh, ahead uh, yeah <laughs> Um, so the remdesivir, it received emergency use authorization from the FDA for everybody. Mm -hmm. And at one point they were talking on The View yesterday about how we ran out of it because it was successful and it got that authorization, but like so many people were needing it that there was like a lack of supply, but it helps speed the recovery time in some patients. It's administered by an IV, so patients are typically receiving, like, uh, some sort of five-day treatment while they're in the hospital on this. Luckily for Trump, he got to go home early where he has a round-the-clock medical team at home for free. Mm -hmm. I mean, not for free. We're paying for it. it. Yeah. (laughs) We're paying his medical bill. Yeah. And then finally, the dexamethasone. It also suppresses the immune system, so it's typically not recommended for COVID-19 patients unless the situation is severe. It can also help reduce mortality, although some who have taken it have still died within a month's time. So there's hope. You know, <laughs> just kidding. That's just to say, like, he had access to at least these three things instantly after testing positive for COVID in ways that, like, we never would yeah. if we received this. And there's a doctor on The View saying this steroid he was on or being on steroids of this caliber are, of course, going to make a person feel great exactly. before they feel worse again. Exactly. But, like... Of course he feels great. He's on steroids, but he's giving these like instantaneous updates of like, I'm great. Like, don't be afraid of COVID. And uh, you're not great. You're not immune. He said he was like potentially immune to COVID. I'm like, how are you immune if you tested pot? I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, Clearly it doesn't sit well with me. And then what was the last drama we have with him? Because... You know, this motherfucker, like we were saying, loves to do some sort of promotional thing for his campaign now that the election's coming up. Yeah. So so as you guys know, we have stimulus checks. They were in talks of trying to get us another stimulus check by the end of the year. But then I guess just recently 
it was shut down because, and then Shane, this is where you come in. Well, stimulus checks and any financial aid to like a new stimulus package. Or any business financial aid or anything like that. Yeah. So Trump tweeted, I have instructed my representatives to stop negotiating until after the election when, immediately after I win, we will pass a major stimulus bill that focuses on hardworking Americans and small businesses. Our economy is doing very well. The stock market is at record levels, jobs in all capitals, and unemployment also coming back in record numbers. We are leading the world in economic recovery and... (laughs) In all caps, the best is yet to come. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so all them motherfucking lies. The stock market plummeted. Jobs where? The second he put out that tweet, the stocks plummeted. Yeah. Jobs where, girl. 28,000 employees of our friends just got fired from Disney. Yeah. Our friends at airlines are getting fired. Blackmail is happening. If you vote for me, we'll give you $1,200 checks. Girl. Yeah, I don't understand how that's legal. I don't even know if we need to get into this about it because it's so black and white that I'm like, you're going to believe what you want if you're going to try to spin that. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this came across like super poorly on both sides of the aisle. He received a lot of like criticism for yeah. these these tweets um, and his like negligent displays of a f- quote unquote affection for his loyal fans and followers um, in that little motorcade he took while sick outside of the uh, medical facility. I will say... Last night when I was checking um, Twitter, he did like update, if you will, that he was willing to shell out X amount of billions of dollars for airlines um, to save them. X amount of billions of dollars for like the payroll tax cuts. Also said he would immediately sign uh, a new stimulus check for every American again for the $1,200. There's more to be said about all of it. But yeah, the sitting president literally just told American people that he would only help them if they voted him in office, basically. So we're doing really well in America. The theme that I always say is, are we surprised? (laughs) If you guys haven't checked it out, I would recommend watching the Fenty X Savage Fashion Show this year that came out on Amazon Prime for the year 20... Prime? I heard that, but I was going (laughs) to let it go. (laughs) Y'all, you know English is hard, okay? (laughs) It's my second language. My first being broken English. But Amazon Prime. Okay, Uh Amazon Prime. Fenty X Savage Amazon Prime. Volume (laughs) 2. But we only wanted to bring that up because it kind of started a a conversation that we wanted to have, which was body positivity Mm -hmm. and that whole idea and kind of our journey on our body and our outlook on how we view our bodies as well as how we view bodies in current culture. But before we get into the nitty gritty, what did you think of the show? I hated all of it. (laughs) No. I will say I think that I liked the stage setup of the first show better than Mm. this one. Mm. That's not to take away from the creative direction of this show. It's just in my own personal preference, I liked the... It was almost like a Coliseum-looking setup of the first. And I liked those levels and whatnot. The second thing that I'll say is the featured dancer, male dancer in this show... Well, there were two... One of them was either like a white or Latino looking guy with like a butterfly tattoo on his chest. Yes. He was really great. He did a lot of voguing. Mm-hmm. The other was a, a black male dancer with like bleach blonde hair. One of like the best male dancers I've ever, like the things that he was doing and so 
effortlessly were so beautiful. And I think like in something like a fashion show, how cool to, to be represented or to have representation of, of like dancers Mm -hmm. um, and to feature them in a way that I don't feel like dancers normally get features. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the dancers are the feature of this show with little random standouts of like celebrities just for like familiar face use. But I really liked it. Here's the thing with it. I feel like what she did is exactly the brand that she has where she wants everyone to feel sexy and everyone to feel mm-hmm. beautiful. And that's every skin tone because yeah. even when she came out with her Fenty line, she changed the industry of makeup by having 50 plus shades of mm-hmm. foundation, which is so unheard of, Yeah, which is weird to say that that's unheard of because clearly we're so diverse yeah. and it seems so duh to have mm-hmm. something like that. But one just with like colors and shades of ethnicities, but then also body types. Cause you know, like normally when fashion shows coming into the new era and trying to be progressive, they have like plus size models sometimes in fashion shows, but I feel like they put them in things that like, say if it's a lingerie show, they put a plus size model in it, but then they still cover them up to like, totally like a muumu kind of dress. Yeah. Where it it still is like within the same scope of the line as far as fabric choice, but it's different as far as look and aesthetic. But then she, unapologetically was like making lingerie for these women and men where it was like plus size men plus size women Mm -hmm. as well as skinny men skinny women middle in the road where you got a little bit of curve you got a little bit of pudge and it felt like they were authentically wearing the clothes that were made for them and i feel like that was a different approach to it Mm -hmm. which i think is so great but again it's like why would that be a progressive thing that should just be a normal human thing you know as well as amputees differently abled, I guess, body types, as well as gender, trans, drag queens. Yeah. What else? They just had every kind of scope of, like, individuality. And I think it was just so great. And I really Mm -hmm. enjoyed watching it. I will agree that the first show last year when she debuted it was better because I think the the live performance of it kind of gave it a different energy. This one more was like a long form music video. Mm -hmm. But regardless, it was just as artistically pleasing. And I feel like you kind of, when you watch it, you get in a trance of like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. But it kind of brought up the conversation for me because we don't see bodies like that set in sexual positions right Mm -hmm. usually when you see sexual things it's like this the super fit super basic rudimentary idea of what right sexuality looks like and then it it misses i would say 90 percent of what people actually look like so it kind of brought in all these feelings towards me where when i would see like a bigger model or a more full-figured model in lingerie sometimes it was a jarring Mm -hmm. but not in the sense of a jarring with disgust or a jarring because I was like, ew, I don't like it. But it kind of provoked some sort of feeling where I was like, well, okay, this seems weird. Like, I, it's almost taboo. Yeah. And that is where I was like, okay, let's have a conversation about that. Because mm-hmm. I was now thinking, like, am I having a negative feeling towards this because of how I was taught to show, okay, people in this body type shouldn't be in these types of clothing. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, no, I don't care. Because I'm like, yes, bitch, you better go off. Yeah. But because that idea came up in my mind, I was like, okay, there's something there. What are your feelings about it? No, I, I agree completely um, in having those those sort of like uh, emotional or almost physical reactions to seeing people that I'm not used to seeing where like because uh, she now has a men's line mm-hmm. with with this season. She had like a plus size male, you know, where he was shirtless and like voguing and there was, a, think, there was a few plus size men. Yeah. yeah. I think that we're used to seeing these 
these sized people almost more as like characters where like if he was fully clothed we're used to seeing somebody like him go off and like vogue like vogue the house down boots and everybody's like yes you better like blah 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 but here he is shirtless in like an open robe and it's sort of like oh is he allowed to like there's almost this need for permission to be able to do it and rihanna's given that permit like that's why she created this was to give people like that permission to feel sexy and to feel ownership of their sexuality. They actually have like the that whole segment in there that talks just about sexuality and the need to sort of own it. But the only way to own it is to develop experience in, in what it means to be sexual for you mm-hmm. because your sexuality is going to look very different than mine. And I think that that's really important to bring up because if I'm not, dating or surrounding myself with or uh, sleeping with somebody who looks like that often enough to be familiarized or comfortable around that it is going to feel a jarring to see it but that doesn't that doesn't give me the right to like give my opinion on what he or they should look like or you know what sexuality should be because our definitions are very different and my journey like with my body our bodies might look very different, but we could have been on a very similar journey of like what we've gone through mm-hmm. emotionally mm-hmm. In, in reaction to to our physical shapes. I will say when she had like Lizzo in there, Lizzo I follow on Instagram and she's very bo- body positive. She Yes, she's very confident in yeah. the skin she's in in the best way possible. Yeah. yeah, and I will say like following her has been eye-opening in that I've also followed like Ashley Graham online, right? And they're both what we deem as like plus size models. Lizzo is very over-sexualized in the way that she projects her body onto other people. Ashley Graham, I think, has like sexual undertones, but it's more of like, this is the lingerie where maybe I'm in a bra top, but I'm also in something that's like a little more covering where Lizzo like lets it all out. And she's yeah, like, she's this like, is it. She's like, oh, skinny girls wear this. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Bitch, I like it. So I'm putting it on rather than like, oh, it doesn't really fit or suit my body type. Yeah. Yes. But again, not saying one's better than the other. It's no, just a no, different no, no, approach no. to how they view their sexuality. Yeah. yeah. And so that's sort of been like the learning experience for me. And, right. You know, but then that's the thing too. Cause I was sitting there being like, okay, if I were to date someone, and they were heavier set, I'd be like, yeah, I would have no problem dating them. But then I think back into my previous mm-hmm. dating history and things that I naturally be like, oh, they're cute. I don't think that fuller figure ever falls into that. And I was like, okay, wait, am I being sizest? Right. And I don't think it's a deliberate thing for me because when you ask, would you date someone bigger? A hundred percent. But then in practice, I'm not. So I'm like, okay, what is mm-hmm. up with that? And then I start looking at my own body and being like, okay, would I be okay with being in that body type? Because that to me really tells me it is equal in my head. Because right. to me, I'm like, if I don't mind switching with you, that means there's no loss or gain there. But then I'm like, well, I don't know if I would want to. And then that brought on insight of to like, okay, well, how would I see my body? Yeah. You know? And then I, I take into extreme consideration about how I see myself as far as physically fit. One, because I think naturally I like to do active things. But then two, I also feel like that might play into my identity of how I value myself. Like if I'm not fit, do I see myself less as of a person? And I feel like that kind of plays into it a little bit because the beginning of quarantine, I started feeling like I was putting on a little bit of weight and it didn't make me feel good. Yeah. But I don't know if that went because of my physical image or if because I wasn't working out my endorphins and all that X, Y, and Z, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it's a little bit of both because... I don't like the heavier aesthetic on myself, but I don't know if that's really something that I like actually don't like or if like society was like, you shouldn't do that because 
if we look at the representation we have in gay media or the community that we fall into, mm-hmm. fat people don't belong. And I'm not saying that, but that's the, that's the archetype or the stereotype. Yeah. And again, that's not me saying that. I, I would hate to perpetuate that idea, mm-hmm. but I'm being quite frank and honest. Yeah. No fat, no femme, no Asian, no blacks, yeah. right? Like that's the idea of what gay is, like the ideal gay totally. body type is like a white mask presenting male with a fit physique. And so then it brings in all these ideas for me of being like, okay, well, usually if you're bigger, you fall into the bear community, right? Mm-hmm. And like all these like little nuances categories and, niche, and nuances niches. are yeah. always based off of your physical appearance, right? For gay community where mm-hmm. if you're a twink, you're a skinny little boy. If you're a jock, you're a fit guy. If you're a bear, you're a big burly man. Yeah. When really it's more of a mentality, I would say, because Someone who's a skinny guy that would fall into a twink definitely has a different mental mentality than someone who's a bear. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that the body types match that. Right. But we put that in there because we're saying, oh, physically, that's what you are. Right. Then you need to act it mentally. And all these emotions started coming, not emotions, but thoughts of like, okay, well, then am I perpetuating these ideas as well? Mm-hmm. Because this is how I learned what gay culture is or societal culture is. Yeah. And so then it brought up that whole conversation and so what is your journey with your body? That's like such a loaded question. I'm going to give you this year first because that's like the most recent. And I've actually gone through a lot of changes with my body this year. Mm-hmm. At the start of Corona, I hadn't started going to the gym here yet just because I had canceled my membership in New York. And I was like, I'm going to figure it all out once I'm a little settled. And by the time I moved into that room, coronavirus lockdown had kind of started. So I was like... Okay, I guess I'm not going to the gym, you know. And for the past, uh, I would say like 10 years, I go to the gym regularly. That's not to say I'm some like muscle head, like gym rat kind of thing. But I just, I enjoy lifting weights. I like how it makes my body feel. Right, and I think you also like the consistency yeah. or like the routine of like yeah. doing these things. Yeah. And depending on like what it is I'm going to the gym for in any any particular moment, my workout will change. So cut to the start of this year where I was like, okay, I'm going to take a step away from the gym kind of entirely. And then the gym wasn't accessible at all, even when I was ready to start. And I noticed that I started to put on weight in a way that I hadn't allowed my body to do since I moved to California, basically. It wasn't difficult in the sense of like, I didn't like my body. The The only time that I was really reminded of it was when I would put on clothes that used to fit me. And I was like, oh, these don't fit anymore. Because I used to be so obsessed with looking at my body at every stage of the day. So like the second I would wake up and then the second I would eat and then the second, you know, whatever. When um, you say, when you say look at your body, what do you mean? Like mostly actively? section. Yeah. Like when I was getting ready before I would like put clothes on, I would like begrudgingly look at what my body looked like. And, you but know. would it be like in the sense of like you actively being like, I want to see what my body looks like, or you're getting changed and you're in front of a mirror and then you just happen to see your body and then it brings up those emotions. Oh no, I would actively Actively. seek out like what I look like, like post-workout, even like pre-workout I would Mm -hmm. look. But every time I looked at my body, I, I was in the mindset of being like, I know I'm going to hate what this looks like. I feel like now I've come to a place in my life where honestly, I don't really look at my body Unless I'm in the other instance, like what you said, where I just happen to catch my body. Mm -hmm. If I'm like walking around shirtless in my room, oh, I might catch it when I'm going to get my shirt out of the closet. But I'm not like seeking that out. And I think it's because I realized it was putting me in this like obsessive. 
unhealthy mental yeah. state. Yeah. Because I feel like for me, when when it comes to my body, I I don't think I was actively looking, but I would catch myself like walking down the street and see my reflection oh, yeah. in a store window or something. I'm like, oh, my gut feels like it's hanging out. And then little things like that. I was like, wait, am I getting old to the point where my body's starting to change in a way that I'm not yeah. a fan of? Yeah. I remember thinking... And I had to think of this in a completely different idea, especially after I broke my leg. I realized your body goes through some tremendous mm-hmm. stress for you to stay alive. And I don't think I was ever giving it gratitude because I always felt like, especially in society, we always think what's wrong with us and what can be better, yeah. especially for me, right? Someone who's always like, I need to do something. I'm like, what can I work on next? And I was never letting my body be what it is and thinking mm-hmm. it for the idea that you got me here to this day. And I know that sounds so hippy dippy, but realistically that is the truth, right? Because once I was sick and wasn't able to walk or when I feel down or even like when you get a cut on your hand, you're like, damn, remember when I didn't have this cut and it didn't burn Uh when I washed my hands or like when you have a cold or a stuffy nose, you're like, damn, I remember what it was like when when I could could breathe. breathe. But then when you're doing it and you're fully able and you're fully capable, you don't ever pay homage or gratitude towards your body Mm -hmm. to be like, thank you for being here. And that was my thing where I was like, why am I beating myself up for looking a certain way when really my body is supporting the life that I live? And if I enjoy the life that I'm living, what is so wrong with the way it looks? Mm -hmm. Because I sit there and think about working out and going to the gym. The only reason I do it is because I want to stay active. But if there was something else that I could do that keeps me active, like riding my bike around the city or playing volleyball or even tumbling at the cheer gym or whatever, where I feel like I'm doing an activity I would way rather do a workout like that than sit there and lift weights because I don't see the other than like an aesthetic. I don't understand what the point of lifting weights is, but I get some days that's just the most effective way to get that physical activity in there. I was like, okay, my body reflects the way I live my life. And if I were to actually get that aesthetic of like the perfect chiseled chest, Mm -hmm. the perfect chiseled six pack, I'm going to have to change the way I eat. I'm going to have to change the way I wake up because I would have to wake up earlier to find time to put that into my schedule. And I'm like, oh, I would not enjoy life if I wanted a body like that. So Uh my body reflects the life that I live and I enjoy the life that I live. And when I had that realization, I was like, oh, you're fine. Yeah. Your body's fine, but then you being, not you, but me being single, I'm like, wait, am am I not up to par with what is on the market? Mm. Like, this is like, it started eating away at me when I'm like, I don't give a shit what someone I'm with looks like to an extent. I still would want you to match my lifestyle. So with that said, I would want your body to be similar to mine, not because I'm fat shaming, not because I don't want someone who's skinny, but realistically, if your body looks the way it does and say it's heavier than me or skinnier than me, yet you're still active and stuff like that, I'm, I'm game. Yeah. And that's where I was like, okay, maybe, I don't know, again, going back a little bit, but I don't know if that was the fat thing or the skinny thing, mm-hmm. but I was like, okay, yeah, yeah I, I feel like I want someone to match my lifestyle, but it doesn't have to be someone who's like super athletic and super fit because that, yeah. I've had sex with that. It's not, it's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is fun, but it's not always greener on the other side. Because right. when I've had sex with people who had a little bit more movement in their body, that's where it's at, y'all. <laughs> when you're behind them and it kind of hits you back. <laughs> That rebound? <laughs> that rebound, okay? <laughs> That's where it's at. Shoot, miss, rebound, okay? Shoot, miss, rebound. The rebound, defense. <laughs> I will say, like, I'm with somebody right now who glorifies my body beyond the way that I even glorify it. And at times it made me uncomfortable because I don't know how to react to that sort of, like, glorification of something that I'm not comfortable with completely. But in this year, especially with, like, COVID and things like that, Well, two things. I don't know if it was COVID and or age 
where I'm getting older and so I care a little bit less because right. I understand how much harder it is for my body to work the way that it used to. Like right. what you so were you're saying. like giving yourself a little bit more grace. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I don't mind putting on weight in a way where before I would be like, no, I have to stay like 165, <laughs> 170. And now I'm like, no, I don't mind putting it Wait, on. I don't how, want. How much do you weigh now? I think I'm up to like 185. Girl twins. Yeah. <laughs> I stepped on a scale the other day after somebody and he had it up to like almost 200 and I was like, oof. So I'm like scaling the thing back. It's just one notch. (laughs) Literally, like it was basically at almost 190 and I was like, I stepped off. I was like, this scale is broken. Like there's no way. You said, Um, sir, you need to take this aura off of this weight scale. Okay. You left your aura on here. It's affecting my weight. I'm like checking behind me to make sure nobody's stepping on it. But it's such a different mindset. And again, I still want that health like I go to the gym and at least lift weights or I can run a mile on the right. on the treadmill and not feel like I'm going to keel over after. And that's sort of where I've gotten myself to in the past few weeks of the gym. And that's been really nice. Right. I'm just learning the balance of seeing my body the way somebody like Russell sees it, you know, where he is very health conscious and wants to eventually like compete in right. fitness competitions. My body could look like that if I tried as hard as he but did. But your lifestyle will never become no, that. No, yeah. it's not going to allow me to, to be like that. And, I think that right now I struggle with being okay in that fact, even though it's a decision I'm making, there's still this discomfort with being like, I'm comfortable until I'm around people who look like that. Right. And then it's, it goes into like comparison mode and I'm like, but you've already established you're not going to look like that. But that's the whole idea of like representation matters because totally. we keep, if we're surrounding ourselves with that same body type, we're like, oh, that's the body type. That's the only mm-hmm. body type that matters. And Rather than it seeing it on TV, you're seeing it in your real life where yeah. you're just like, if I wasn't around these people who are always fit and around people who are more just matching what I have, mm-hmm. you wouldn't feel so insecure about it. Yeah. Because if Russell wasn't with you, those thoughts probably wouldn't be in your head. Totally. And so that's where you have to sit there and think, oh, shit. Like, mm-hmm. what? where am I receiving this energy and where am I pretty much receiving this noise? Like we yeah. said with the start of this podcast, you yeah. know, it's like there's a lot of noise in today's atmosphere, and I don't mean like actual noise, but like visual noise, actual noise, touch noise, all that. There's just a lot of distractions, and then you get caught up in your head. Then all of a sudden, you have these thoughts, and you're like, "Wait, where did this thought come from?" But because you don't see the lineage of how you got there, mm-hmm. you just think it's reality rather than being like, "Oh no, I I, I put that in me," yeah. you know? Yeah. And you're like putting this like toxic energy into your body without realizing it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting too because when I think about porn that I watch, if they're ever like super muscular guys. There's always this fantasy realization and reality around that where I'm like, I don't feel realistically speaking, I would ever find myself in the position of the people that I'm watching. And beyond watching them for that purpose, I'm like not seeking out that lifestyle, Mm -hmm. right? Like if I was, I feel like I would live in West Hollywood or I would try to associate myself more with people who look like the chiseled Greek gods that, Mm -hmm. you know, like that we see all over social media And I'm not like I enjoy being around people who are more like me, but I don't feel like I'm I'm seeking those people out. I feel like I've naturally kind of associated with or found people who are okay with with being like not so perfect looking, quote unquote. Because that's the thing, too. When you see those chiseled bodies, a lot of their (laughs) posts are mainly around fitness Mm -hmm. and that alone when i see that i'm like oh i would never be into that because that's not my lifestyle if they talk about the gym i am out 
when I go to the gym, I don't let the gym follow me. Yeah. I will not talk about my workout. Not that I don't want to become those people, but it just is no, no interest to me. Right. I'm not going to sit there and tell people what workout I had because I wouldn't want to hear what workout they totally. did. So who gives a shit? Yeah. So that alone tells me, yeah, I'm not attracted to that. But again, that goes back into the lifestyle rather than the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I've come to the realiza- realization over years and years of sort of this like internal battle that I have or internal discussion that I have with myself. My body will never look like Russell's, not because I wouldn't try as hard as him, but because our bodies are so naturally different Mm -hmm. from one another. Where like, if you, if you take both of us, say 15 years ago, before either of us started going to a gym, we look like two completely different styles of people. So when I look at the way he eats and works out, even if I did that same exact thing, I still wouldn't look like him. Yeah. You know, that's where I used to fall into this like negative dead end of being able to progress is I was trying to progress in ways that my body wasn't made to progress. Right. I just wanted to look like people who I wouldn't ever look like. That was really hard to understand. Just to say like, there's a comparison that happens and it's so unfair to, to ourselves because we're comparing these unrealistic realities completely yeah it's like you as a fish and russell as a monkey Mm -hmm. you're comparing how you can climb a tree to him when really you guys are set up completely different totally but if you were to compare how you can swim to how he can you're gonna overtake that Mm -hmm. you know so it's like you can't be on the same field because realistically you can do similar actions with each other but it's not gonna have the same outcome just because you're physiologically different yeah which seems so duh but we don't give ourselves that grace Mm -hmm. all the time when we're like damn i just wish i could have shoulda woulda you know it's important to surround yourself with either people or mindsets that empower you to feel well i don't even think it's i don't even think it's like i think that's important to to have a good support system but realistically as you can tell this is all internally right because for sure because you could sit there if i was not feeling good about myself and you were to be like no you look great Mm -hmm. girl i'm i can't receive that until i'm ready to receive that so mentally you really have to unpack what is going on and how you see yourself and give yourself that grace to be like no i'm good because i think the biggest lesson for me and like i said earlier is like I saw that I enjoy my life and that was more important to me yeah. than how I look. And if my life reflected how I look, then it's like happiness all around, right? Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, no, I enjoy what I'm doing. And there's there's times where I make sacrifices, right? Where like some days I'm like, I don't want to work out. I mm-hmm. like this is actually give me anxiety to think I need to work out. But in those days, I'm like mentally, give yourself a break. Yeah. And I feel good because I'm like, okay, well, right now, don't do it. Don't yeah. work out. Do whatever you need your body's telling you or your mind's telling you you need a second Mm -hmm. and then later in the day figure out a time that you can be like oh well if i just do five jumping jacks that's five more jumping jacks of movement that i didn't do yeah Yeah. and i'm like okay well that's what i get today but like there's that that cyclical idea of like we're failing all the time Mm -hmm. when we're not failing we're just viewing it as a failure yeah i yeah i think that's a really important idea to bring up i will say when i talk about like similar mindsets or whatever we find relation to i talk more about like on social media when all you're following is like guys who look too good to be true you're not going to internally help yourself if you're already not in a stable place and so like if you surround yourself more with like 
at least representations of people who you can find more solace in and solidarity in, I would say like gravitate more towards right. those, you know, like that's know. partly why I got off of social media, not because of the body aspect, but mm. I started realizing that when I would click into like Instagram and stuff and get lost in that rabbit hole where you're literally not thinking you're just scrolling and then all of a sudden mm -hmm. thoughts come and trigger from these photos you're looking at, not realizing that you're having these conversations with yourself. And all of a sudden you go into a rabbit hole of like, what the fuck? And then you get off of it thinking, why am I feeling this way? Yep. When we did it to ourselves, the algorithm is made for us to keep scrolling. Mm -hmm. And when we keep clicking on things that are similar, they're going to keep showing us more and more in that. So then like little things like that, where I was getting a lot of plant stuff, because that I don't mind. Mm -hmm. I will look at plant st shit all day. But then I started looking at workouts to do mm -hmm. at home. And then all of a sudden they started showing me all these like bodies. And yeah. all of a sudden I was like seeing all these like physical fit people, which is great. I'm so happy for them. But again, it wasn't matching my lifestyle. And then all of a sudden, because I was seeing it so often, I was like, wait, am I missing something? Right. And then, like I said, that noise, I was getting all this noise of like, you're not good enough. Your body's not good enough. Totally. This is what people in the world look like, clearly, because you keep seeing it, that everyone's looking like this and you're not. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden I'm feeling stupid. Like, oh, fuck, I need to work out. Which again, working out is important. We're not saying it's not because I think it's important to have some sort of form of physical activity for your mental health. But because you're doing it for a physical aesthetic I don't think that's when it's healthy. Well, yeah. And I think it's important to to note that like we're sort of normalized to this facade of the Wizard of Oz. When we see these people's bodies on Instagram, you're seeing the end result. And if they put up like there's a an ab workout that somebody recommended and it's called like Barbarian Body. Yeah. Six minute ab 30, workout. Yeah. Where you're going to get then, six pack in six minutes or some yeah, bullshit. Well, like that's the thing is the ab workout is difficult if you do all six minutes straight. But I need to recognize that I'm not going to look the way that he does by doing end of one six-minute six video. <laughs> like, even if I did that every day for a week, he's doing so much more work behind uh -huh. that six-minute video that, like, these people on social media are showing us, like, this end result, this idyllic, like, goal that they've had and have somehow obtained. And that's great. But unless I'm going to figure out everything else that they did, there's no way... I'm going to be able to do their eight minute at home workout with no weights and look the same way. It's not realistic. We do the six minute workout and they're like, damn, oh, I'm hungry. Let's go get some For Nashville real. hot chicken sandwiches yeah. when they're it's, eating like 101 different vegetables and fruit or whatever they're yeah. doing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, you kind of have to like, again, take on that entire lifestyle, but mm -hmm. all that extra we cut out yeah. and then we expect instant results. But yeah, it's just not healthy. Yeah. And mentally speaking, it's mm -hmm. just not healthy. And it's really difficult for that. Yeah. Because, you know, people make that argument of like, why are people saying body positivity when realistically you're pushing a unhealthy agenda, right? Where you're saying, oh, just eat whatever you want in fat. Yeah. I don't think that's the goal of it. Clearly, how you see yourself goes from the inside out. So if you feel good where you're at and then realize I'm doing this transformation for myself, not because I'm getting bullied into saying I don't like the way I look mm -hmm. that's where it starts becoming healthy and yeah. that to me that end goal isn't oh I have a six-pack now I made it to this healthy lifestyle it's yeah. I feel good about myself I made it to this healthy lifestyle mm -hmm. and that's where I'm like it's important to see images like that not because I'm like you need to normalize people who are fat or whatever which in essence yes you do because there th people exist right. but like we were saying before where my body and what I look like healthy is going to be different than your body, what mm -hmm. you look like healthy. But then when you don't see those differences, you you start thinking, wow, I don't look like that. So I'm now ugly. When that's right. not the case, but right. we get caught up in our head 
thinking that's the storyline. Mm-hmm. And it's exhausting. Now we're caught up in a physical attraction. What is that? Um, boys to men. Ah, why did that sound so weird? You're probably not used to hearing it that good. Mm. Okay, we're going to end on that now. <laughs> Simple things that interfere A day, a week, a month, a year We bring it up for a reason Simply put the sins in season For this in season, I'm actually really excited to announce. Were you going to say something? Oh, no. Oh. So I just came across this phenomenal pop culture, game-changing, like, amazing. This is going to go down in history, honestly. Like, I've never had anything more progressive, groundbreaking, in- intuitive, insightful, uh-huh. like, life-changing yeah. experience than happening to view Trolls World Tour. Oh, okay? Y'all. What you didn't even know until last night was the second of a series. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, Trolls World Tour, I don't even know where to begin to talk about how beautiful, how amazing, how powerful, how just effervescent this experience was watching this two times, okay? I watched this movie twice in a week, three days apart, because I was just so inspired and so enamored by just how beautiful and aesthetically pleasing and just artistically speaking Wow, like, I've never seen anything greater than Trolls World Tour, honestly. It's on Hulu. You can watch on Amazon, I think, but don't because it's like, you got to pay for that shit. So go on Hulu. Trolls World Tour on Hulu, bitch. I wish that movie came out in theaters because I think it didn't because of COVID, right? Yeah, I think it was supposed to. I wish I saw that in theaters because <laughs> honestly, the the emotions I felt here sitting on this couch watching it, I would have felt... 10 times exponentially in theaters uh-huh. watching it with all the little four-year-olds around me because <laughs> it definitely is a kid's movie. <laughs> but I don't know why. I thought that fucking movie was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. There are some powerhouse people. Anderson Pack is in it. Mary J. Blige. Kelly Clarkson. Who's the first person? Anderson Pack. Who's that? He's a rapper. Oh, okay. Love him. But let me just give you a little backstory, you guys. If you've seen Zootopia and you like that, where they take a kid's movie, kind of change the narrative in a different form. In Zootopia speaking, it was about animals and like prejudice based Mm -hmm. off of a predator and non-predators. But this one, girl, it was like colonization, gentrification for kids. I was so like, yes, bitch, I'm here for it. There was love. There was anger. There was fighting. Troll World's Tour, next motherfucking level, okay? And you say it's a kid's movie, but if you've seen the great, great movie Shrek, and you see when Shrek, if you watch Shrek again, it's a kid's movie, but there's so much adult humor Mm -hmm. that is the undertone and just like, oh oh my God, I don't even know where to go. But Troll's World Tour... It's it's for adults, y'all. It's not a kids movie. It's a masterpiece. That's that's my in season for the week. I hope we cut that segment out. <laughs> um, okay, so be- I'm gonna turn up the volume <laughs> when I edit this. I'm gonna turn up the volume on that so people really hear what I'm saying. <laughs> um, because we're in the spooky ooky season. Oh, spooky ooky. I wanted to talk about something that I discovered when I went to go visit David called rando nodding. Uh-huh. Have you heard of this? Uh-uh. So. He saw it, I think, through TikTok because there's like a random nodding TikTok thing. But I Googled like what random nodding was and there was a link called random nodding for dummies. 
it's not really going to make full sense, but I fully don't understand it. It's just kind of exciting. But random nodding is the utilization of random number generation techniques as a tool towards exploring and navigating the world around us. To put it another way, it is the act of generating random numbers with random number generation techniques, or RNG, converting those numbers into coordinates on the surface of the Earth and then visiting the location in real life. It is essentially a real-world adventure generator that allows participants to explore mind-matter interactions, the theorized ability for the mind to interact with certain RNG techniques as well as blind spots, which are places in the world that lie outside our casual patterns of experience. There's an app called Randonautica, and essentially you you put in on the app whether you want spaces of what you would be like pulled towards uh-huh. or spaces that you would normally find like negative space in. I'm wording that kind of wrong, but it, that's like the gist. And it'll pull up random coordinates around you based on what of the two options you select. And then in that place being selected for you, you're supposed to head there with an intention. So like say, actually I'll tell you about the one that I saw on TikTok that David showed me. There was one about death. People were like, you know, this girl's like bawling her eyes out. And she's like, we went, our intention was death. And she's like, along the way, there was a person lying in the street, like dead, like along the side, blah, blah, blah. And she's like bawling her eyes out. She's like, nobody uses app, like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, <laughs> why would your intention be death? Like, that is so... Like, girl, you you found what you're looking for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the two places that David and I went, it was late at night and I was so scared because it was like the start of a scary movie for uh-huh. me. We didn't find anything. What what was your intention? Our intention was, I think it was something generic, like life direction uh, or like career, maybe, uh, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> and then it was a dead end. <laughs> basically. Um, but it was, it was like something that was fun to do, even though it led us to nothing both times. It took up 30 minutes of our time. Yeah. I would recommend it at night because there's something kind of exciting about it. I think the night normally brings on this like mysterious spooky ooky feeling, which is why I bring it up during Halloween. But I highly recommend doing it like once. Okay, I'm I'm a little bit confused. So let me just put it in my own words so I can see if I understand what you're talking about. So you have an intention and you just say, I'm looking for a space that would supply this vibe. And then you go and drive there? Yes, but the the two decision like the two options that you have in selecting a space is either I don't know how to word it properly, but it would either be a space that you would like normally gravitate towards or a space that you wouldn't normally. Sure. So like, like negative or positive space. Got basically. it. Like, yeah. oh, I like the beach. So that would be a positive space that they would send me to. And I don't like dark alleys. So that'd be a negative space. Kind of. But it's it's more on the law of like physics, I believe. So it's like it's beyond it's beyond those concrete examples of space. Sure. Yeah, you would have to like read more into it. I don't want to take up the time here. Okay, go off, you little um, Wiccan. Yeah, <laughs> you little witchcraft. But it is, it is like a fun little like uh, moment to have. But the <laughs> the app is free. It's called Randonautica. R A N D O N A U T I C A. Hmm. And I recommend doing it with somebody else because it's a little less scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, you guys, I'm gonna end with one final in season, and this is an actual in season because it is the season for this. But register to vote. Because yeah. election is coming up. That is always going to be in season when it's an election year, as well as any time you should exercise your voice. 
Mm-hmm. So please register to vote if it's not too late. At least if you got a ballot, please vote. <laughs> and if you are registered, yeah. vote. Whether that is for trash-ass Donald Trump or not, it don't matter. But I want you to vote. Mm-hmm. On that note, you guys, as always, thank you so much for listening to us this week. We will catch you guys next week. If you liked anything on this podcast today or anything previously, the best gift you can give us is to rate, subscribe, review, listen, share, follow, all the above. If you have any questions or want to just reach out to us, you can follow us on Instagram at Fruit Snacks Pod. And then you can also email us at fruitsnackspod at gmail.com. We always love to hear from you guys and we do respond. So please, please, please. Holla at your boy. Also quickly before we go. Yeah. I was thrown off because I was reading. The app asks you whether you want to visit attractors, which are highly concentrated quantum points, or voids, which are spare quantum points. And whatever that means. I don't know, but that's the that's what I was looking for. Okay, right, right. now I'm feeling a void between this and me. <laughs> this activity and my this activity it's so and fun. I. <laughs> but okay, hopefully um maybe this week we'll Go, we'll go rando nautica the fuck out of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, catch you next week. Goodbye. Bye.